in your corner, saving one investor at a time, working for clients, not companies, all while bully-proofing portfolios, totally committed to sharing academic truths about investing, always representing Main Street and not Wall Street. It's your Sound Money team, and this is the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. Hello and welcome to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm James Borth. And I'm Barry Parnell. And as always, folks, we are a registered investment advisory firm. We're independent, and we have a fiduciary responsibility to do what's in your best interest. So we're going to work for you as clients, not companies. Now, the sound money process goes something like this. When you decide to come in for a visit or when you come in for a visit by calling 513-575-9654, there's no meter running. Leave your wallet, checkbook at home, and your purse. We're going to meet on a complimentary basis. Yes, that's no cost. As many times necessary to fully analyze your situation and create a personalized plan for you. Now, we have multiple locations to come closer for you, even been known to come to your residence if you're not mobile. But Milford's our home office. Love to see you there on the east side. But we also have remote locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and across the river in Florence, Kentucky, imagine this, folks. You're going to meet one or all three of the guys you make a connection with. We've been doing this a decade now, and sometimes it takes weeks or months or even years for someone to pick up the phone. You're going to meet with one of us or maybe all three of us or maybe a couple of us. So we're not going to push you off on a junior advisor. And we can also help you with that 401K, 43B, TSP, some kind of company plan rollover, especially if you're no longer with the company. Chances are your money shouldn't be either. You can roll that out, it's tax neutral, into a personalized individual retirement account, traditional or Roth, depending on the tax status. Or even if you are employed and you're over 59 and a half, 60 years old, the company will, if a company will allow you to do an in-service rollover, you can, you can roll over a part of it, maybe all of it, and keep contributing, keep getting a match until you finally retire. You can do that before you retire. So give us a call at 513-575. Nine six five four. Visit our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Shoot us over an email. We're going to answer every single one at team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Studio right now, give us a call, 513-749-5500. That's pound 550 on your AT&T wireless. James Borth, what's going on? Well, the topic of today's show, five different ways to use your required minimum distributions, your RMDs, at least five. So if you own a traditional IRA, traditional 401K, 403B, really any type of 401K or 403B, and also the pre-tax version of the IRAs, you will likely be impacted by RMDs, the required minimum distributions. And if you're among the 2 million-plus boomers who either have or will turn age 70 and a half this year, well, happy half-birthday. And if you're one of the other... 75 million boomers that are age 55 to 69. Well, guess what? You're next. So you need to learn how these things work as well, the RMDs. So according to the government, good old Uncle Sam, if you have one of these tax-qualified accounts, you need to start taking out the required distributions, at least a minimum, you can always take more, from your retirement accounts. And... If you don't, Barry, what happens if you don't? Yeah, if you don't, it could be serious. 
50% penalty if you forget. Whatever your RMD was, add another 50%, and that's a penalty for not taking your RMD out. Yes, it's a 50% excise tax yeah. penalty, which basically means a tax upon a tax, but nevertheless, it's a penalty, it's a major penalty that you just might be subjected to. So really, that's the point of today's show is to talk about the R&Ds, the required distributions, and efficient ways to use them. And surprisingly or not, we do see our fair share of, of older senior citizens that forget this. Yes. They come see us. Several reasons for that. One is they have multiple accounts. And sometimes yes. if they're picking and choosing which of the accounts, and we'll get into this a little bit more during the show today, if they're picking and choosing which of their IRAs, to pick the fruits from as far as taking the distributions, well, guess what? Maybe you don't quite get everything. Barry, tell us more. Uh, let's get right into some of the items. You said five different ways. There's a lot more of different ways, but James, start us off. Well, let's, let's go with the backdrop of retirement, which can be at least a 25 to 35 year of, well, are you optimistic or pessimistic? Is it unemployment or is it your permanent vacation? So that's why it's important to maybe not go it on your own, not do it yourself, and work with someone that can help you and that you feel comfortable with. Absolutely. So many, many boomers in their 30s, when IRAs first become available, uh, they're among those at the head of the parade. They need to know the ins and outs of the RMDs like we just talked about, and we're going to go into detail. So even if your parents or grandparents that are moving into the RMD land, do them a favor and share this information with them. So give us a call at 513-575-9654, and we can help you calculate your RMDs along with a lot of other things. All right, so let's start with number one, the most obvious or hopefully the most obvious of them all, which is to reinvest your RMD into a taxable account. So this is assuming that you don't need your IRA RMDs for current income. That's the assumption. So if you can afford to simply reinvest into a non-tax-qualified account, well, that's number one. Or just, just move them into a non-qualified account, keep them invested, and take from the non-qualified account as you need it. So no matter how your IRA is invested, no matter how, if you have it at the bank, if you have it at a brokerage yeah. firm, invest in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs, et cetera, any type of financial institution – this is where you say, well, what should I do or what can I do or what will I do? Well, many people put their RMDs into a checking and savings account and add to their rainy day or emergency savings. Other people may put this into a brokerage account. Like I said, actually put your money to work for you where they can invest it in the market. Maybe at least see some potential growth for it. But once again, everyone has a different amount of risk tolerance. So their preference on which type of account will differ accordingly. The key, and this is, this is what's important here, is that you are able to put your RMDs into a taxable non-IRA account. No matter how you do this, the key is that you take it out of the IRA and put it somewhere into non-tax qualified status. Pay your fair share, but don't tip two. And, and here's one that's kind of a little asterisk next to this one about the IRS rules prohibit rolling your RMD directly into another tax-advantaged retirement account, which is to say a Roth IRA. So you're not supposed to roll over your RMD into your Roth account, but nevertheless, there's little technicalities of that we'll explain later on as well. Barry, what's number two? Well, number two is invest in your grandchildren's future. And we have a lot of grandparents that have, well, 
uh, several grandchildren and great-grandchildren, and a good way to use your RMD if you don't need it is to give your money to uh, by way of a 529 plan. That's a college savings plan, UTMA account, in other words. So uh, they make it easy to for grandparents to think about the future of their grandkids for college. Now, college tuition, as we know, going up and up and up. And so this is probably one of the best ways you can help your grandchildren. So you do have to understand how the plan works because you have to use it for college education, educational expense, or uh, it's not tax deferred. Well, the good thing about that, and there's pros and cons here with the 529 plan. So they have, the government has expanded the use of the 529s to where you can also use it for K through 12 expenses. But yes, you want to be very cautious about opening up a 529 plan, especially if that youngin, that chitlin, is not going to be maybe, let's just say, college material. Some are, some aren't. Not everyone is, is going to go to college. So if you open up one of these college accounts and they wind up not going to college, then that can be a problem. So sometimes just as effective as opening up a 529 plan is to just do a non-qualified brokerage account. A couple of advantages there is you ha- actually have control of how your funds are invested, and you have a much broader array of investment options than you typically do with the 529 plan. Yes, there are some advantages with the 529 about how you use the funds for education, and they come out really on a tax-free basis. But nevertheless, there's, there's pros and cons both directions. You want to be very cautious. Work with a qualified financial advisor, someone such as us, to decide which direction is right for you. So there's more. There's much more. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC, the talk station. Opinions expressed are solely those of Brown Financial Advisors and should not be interpreted as specific advice. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified investment advisors prior to implementation. Market-based investments involve risk and past performance is no guarantee of future results. Insurance-based investments offer guarantees based upon the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. All insurance, tax, and mortgage services are offered through Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors. LLC. Brown Financial Advisors and Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors are affiliated companies and may only transact business in those states in which registered or were otherwise legally permitted. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm James Borth. And I'm Barry Parnell. And folks, we are a registered investment advisory firm. We're independent, meaning we're not captive mothership. We have all the tools out there that's available. And we have a fiduciary responsibility to do what's in your best interest. So, we're going to work for you as clients, not companies. We have multiple locations to help you out. To come, uh, we'll come close to you. Milford, Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence, Kentucky. Now, we can help you with that 401K, 403B, some kind of company plan. If you're no longer with a company, especially, give us a call. We'll guide you right through it. We do tons of them every week, every month. Uh, 401k, some kind of company plan rollover. It's tax neutral. You won't pay taxes on it until you actually start withdrawing it to actually use it. So give us a call at 513-575-9654. And when you come to visit, leave your wallet, purse, checkbook at home because until you decide to become a client, which might take several meetings, there's no charge and your fees will be 
absolutely clearly laid out. Visit our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email us at team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Call the studio right now at 749-5500 or pound 550 on your AT&T James, where were we? Well, just to recap so far, as far as different ways to use your RMDs to required minimum distributions, Number one, reinvest it into a taxable account, which is to say a non-tax qualified account. Now, this is, of course, only true if you don't need the money from your RMDs for current income to pay for your necessary day-to-day living expenses. Plus, uh, to, to, to clarify a non-qualified account, it's like a checking account, same amount, money in your pocket, and you pay your fair share every year, you get caught up with a 1099 on capital gains and dividends, the growth of it. You pay your fair share, and then through the years it catches up, and you only have to pay for new growth. So it's not a bad thing to have a balance of non-qualified money and qualified money, which is fully taxable when you withdraw it. And then number two, which was invest in your children's or your grandchildren's future via the 529 plans or even the UTMA, the Uniform Transfer to Minors Act types of accounts. Or somebody other than your grandkids, right? It's anybody. You can always give it away, right? All right, now here's a bonus one. Number two and a half, let's just say that is the number here. This is where you can use your RMDs as a way of making your estimated tax payments. Here's how this works. For example, let's just say you're going to wait until practically the end of the year to take the required whatever distributions from your IRAs. And you also are one of these lucky individuals or couples that needs to make estimated tax payments throughout the year. Well, here's the trick. You can use your RMDs from the IRAs as a way of making estimated tax payments. And here's why this works. Even if you distribute the entire IRA, whatever RMD, from your account in December, the IRS considers that to be have been distributed evenly throughout the entire year. Really? So... If you were otherwise making your estimated payments every approximate three months, April, June, September, even January of next year, you can then consolidate into one December payment and take care of your entire estimated tax payments. Consult your favorite local tax advisor for more details. All right. Now, back onto the topic, which is the way number three, how to use your RMDs, is to then donate to charity. So both of these have a correlation to your tax return because, Barry, you know this as well as anyone else, if you use your RMDs to do what's called a qualified charitable distribution, it does two things and it does them very well. And this is one of the great things, let's just say one of the few great things that Congress has done recently, which is to say it satisfies or at least counts towards satisfying your required distribution, but it does not count as income on your tax return. Well, that's nice. Tell us how that works. Yes. So once you reach 70 and a half, and you can't do this before, and you can't do this with anything other than an IRA. So in other words, this does not work with the 401k, does not work with the 403b, or any type of employer-sponsored plan. But from your IRA, if you're at least age 70 and a half, you can donate to your favorite eligible charity, that's just to say the 501c3 organization, And you can do even more than required distribution if you want. So, for example, you can donate as much as $100,000 to, for example, your favorite church or other type of qualified 
charitable organization. One quick question, James, before you go further, to clarify, you said after you turn seven and a half. Isn't it in the year that you turn seven and a half? No. They so are, it has to be after? You have to be at least 70 and a half. Cannot ah. be, I'm going to turn 70 and a half later this year. You have to wait until you actually are 70 and a half to for this to QCD. work. To do the QCD. To do the QCD. But regular RMD it doesn't apply to. Correct. Okay. May, want to make that clear. So just to remind people about the acronyms here, Qualified Charitable Distribution is the QCD. And the QCD is a direct transfer. That means it cannot pass, go, and have a stop along the way inside your checking account. It has to be directly from your IRA to the charity. The funds have to be from your qualified account, must be transferred directly. So, yes, once again, it does count towards your RMD for the year, but it does not count as income on your tax return. And once again, as long as certain rules are met, this is something that, again, you want to speak with a good tax and investment advisor to make sure that this is set up properly and make sure it's suitable for you and your needs. Barry, any thoughts so far about this? No, we have several clients that actually do this, and it really is a good way to help unfortunate people, plus not go towards your income. I mean, there's a lot of good things about this. Here's maybe the caveat I would say about this, especially if you're going to donate to your church in this fashion. For example, many churches, they kind of get used to, it's like a cash flow issue, where you're donating either on a weekly or a monthly basis. So if you're going to do the QCD from a brokerage account, for example, you may want to limit this to just maybe once, twice, or even three times a year, just simply before the transactional costs eat away at the efficiency of your investments. So maybe it's just more of a frequency issue, but we're majoring in the minors at that point. It's just a matter of preference. When you say, I'm going to donate to my church, what's your preference? Is it once a year? Is it once a month? Is it once a quarter? Whatever the case may be, you can set this up accordingly. Now, the only thing that you probably cannot do at this point is you cannot systematize from the custodian's point of view. The custodian means where the money is actually held. So, for example, a brokerage account might be TD Ameritrade, might be Charles Schwab, or if it's inside of an annuity, might be with the insurance carrier. That's what I mean by the custodian. And here's another catch, which is to say active, SEP, and simple IRAs are not eligible for the QCD. Active in this case means that the IRA owner is currently receiving ongoing employer contributions. So if that is the case, then you cannot donate from those types of accounts. It must, in those examples, be a traditional IRA. And once again, that's where the tax and investment advisor relationship comes in very handy. Which so, we have a department in-house. Ironically enough, we do. Now, one of the key benefits of a QCD is that the amount you donated, once again, is excluded from taxable income. So it's reportable on your tax return, but does not count as taxable on your tax return. So here's, here's maybe the one downside to doing the QCD is no double dipping. That means that if you do the QCD, you cannot then also take that deduction, that charitable contribution deduction, on your Schedule A for itemized deductions. Barry, any thoughts on this? No, I mean, it, it's a good way to do it and help a lot of people involved. It absolutely is. All right, number four. Yeah, uh, long-term care slash and or legacy planning. So uh, another way to potentially get a good use out of your RMD is to apply it towards long-term care and or legacy. Uh, the first way would be pay for a traditional long-term care, lose it if you don't use it, which is dropping over the past 
decade or so tremendously because there's other better ways. Another way would be to purchase life insurance solely for a death benefit for your loved ones. Now, a third way, and probably maybe the best way, is to mix the two and purchase life uh, insurance policy that will provide a death benefit but also includes uh, living benefits for long-term care and, and asset-based protection as well. So there's, uh, there's plenty of policies, and because long-term care has really become the traditional long-term care cost prohibitive and you have to qualify, there's only a few carriers, I think, that actually carry it. So the life insurance companies have become more creative in offering things um, to help solve a couple problems in one. And according to research, in the past year, life insurance policies that included long-term care benefits increased by 5% to 260,000 new policies sold, while only 70,000 traditional long-term care insurance policies were sold. So back in 2000, over 750,000 traditional long-term care insurance policies were sold. So as you can see, the tide is shifting. Well, one other type of asset that you can use for this is with annuities. And maybe the key, because it does work better with a life insurance policy, but it can also be done with an annuity, a good annuity contract. The key to this, as far as whether you should use life insurance or annuities, is the medical underwriting. Because these types that's of right. policies do have underwriting. So if, if that's going to be the maybe a knockout for you, then consider the annuity instead of the life insurance. There's more. There's much more. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. But stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC, the talk station. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm James Borth. And I'm Barry Parnell. And folks, we're a registered investment advisory firm. We're independent, and we have a fiduciary responsibility to do what's in your best interest. So we're going to work for you as clients, not companies. So when you call 513-575-9654, come in for a visit. There's no meter running. Leave your wallet, purse, and checkbook at home. We're going to meet on a complimentary basis as many times as necessary to fully analyze your situation and complete a personalized income plan. Now, we have multiple locations to come closer for you. Melford's a home office, Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence, Kentucky. You're going to meet one or all three of the guys you make a connection with over the weeks, months, and years. That's right. Barry, James, or Greg, you're going to meet at least one of us, maybe multiple, and we're not going to push you off on a junior advisor. Now, visit our website. Find out more about us. There's podcasts on there as well if for for if you want to listen to some, some older shows, brownfinancialadvisors.com. If you know over an email, ask us a question, we'll answer every single one at team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. You got a few minutes left, call the studio at 749-5500. That's pound 550 on your AT&T wireless. James, boy, what is going on? Well, let's finish up on the using your RMD for long-term care or legacy planning. And in this case, buying what's called an asset-based protection plan. So the asset-based protection plan is where you actually, uh, the policy is either life insurance or annuities. But in this example, we're going to use life insurance. And one of the major benefits of doing this is just simply the cost. So, for example, let's use the example of the life insurance policy that you purchase. And it's a level premium 
life insurance. So that means over the course of the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years, whatever the life of the policy is, your premiums stay level. They stay the same. Whereas with traditional long-term care insurance, usually the premiums go up fairly consistently as you get older. Plus to qualify, asset-based protection, that means to help protect you against spin-down. If you've ever been through spin-down, where they're spin-down all your assets until you're basically broke if you need to go into long-term care. And a beautiful thing about this type of a policy is that you are covered in both instances. Both instances means this. If you never need to use the long-term care benefit, then the policy will eventually, because we're all going to go there eventually, it will eventually pay out the death benefits as whatever stated in the policy. So somebody is going to get that money back. So the first use, if your first use of that policy is to use the long-term care, which is to say the living benefits, then it pays out according to the policy for covering a large chunk of your long-term care expenses. It's very expensive, by the way. If you have to go into a nursing home, you're looking at, on average, close to $100,000 a year for a skilled nursing facility room. We're talking about even just a semi-private room. It's close to $100,000 a year. If you look at what the average length of stay is, especially for the ladies out there who tend to linger, it's two and a half years, which is, a say, a big chunk of $250,000 that you get to pay for somehow, some way. So that's why this type of coverage can be so beneficial to your overall retirement and also legacy planning. Now, very accelerated death benefits and long-term care riders are subject to eligibility requirements. So tell us a little bit more about that. Well, you have to go through health health questions on an application, so you got to qualify for it. If it's now uh, other ways to not have to qualify for it, of course, is a lump sum annuity payment on those asset protection plans that you won't have to qualify because you're you're investing a lump sum that can do a, a number of things. We'll get to that in a minute. But now these benefits aren't going to necessarily replace the long-term care insurance, but living benefits and long-term care riders uh, are not always available on life insurance products, but they can certainly help in the states that they do apply. Here's something else I would also like to add. If you already have a long-term care insurance policy, especially a good long-term care insurance policy, then by no means are we saying to cancel that. We're saying before you do anything of that nature, go see a qualified financial advisor, someone such as us, who can help analyze how good or maybe not so good your policy happens to be, all right? So number five on maybe the best way to use your R&D is enjoy it. So it may seem like in in some cases the most logical or the fun way to use the RMDs, but some people already know what this is all about. Can you take it with you? And so planning for vacations, traveling, enjoying retirement, whatever the case may be, that's what we're saying is live your life and enjoy your retirement But living within your means is also, you know, the other side of that coin. So other people we see that have worked hard for this money, and they're maybe a little bit more frugal when it comes to spending their hard-earned dollars. And if there is a time to spend it, well, this is what we're saying. Now just might be the time. So we're not saying you need to spend all of your RMD, at least not on your wants. Got to spend something on your needs as well. But it is an opportunity for you to do the things that you love, whatever might happen to be on your bucket list. Or gift it while you're alive. Yes. You can go up to 15000 without even reporting it per person. Per person, per year. Yeah. So, so if you're married, that means you can double that yeah, per right. person, per year, effectively. 
So maybe you want to treat your family to a vacation, do some traveling that you've always dreamed of, whatever it may be, this is your time to enjoy it. This is your time to do it. Now, the caveat is, again, keep in mind, don't get too caught up in the fun and disregard the necessities of life. Barry, any thoughts on this? No, I mean, um, we've hit it on the head, but and there's other ways on how to use this, too. All right, so let's let's get to the calendar here. So when we say the, the calendar of when you must take your RMDs, in general, that means your deadline is December 31st of what of whatever year that you turn 70 and a half is the first year that you have a requirement to take out your distributions. Now, there's also a catch, Barry. What's a that caveat. catch? The caveat is the first year in which you turn 70 and a half, you can wait and pay it the following year by April 1st. 1st. April 1st. But the danger in that is you have to do your RMD for that year as well. So it's a double whammy, and it might put you in a higher tax bracket, and you might pay higher taxes. Most people don't do that unless you forget. You can catch up by April 1st, but uh, most of the time it's best just to go ahead and start it. Yes, this is by and large a tax consideration. But what Barry's saying, just to reinforce this, is that if you reach that magical age of 70 and a half on or before December 31st of 2019, that means you can postpone your first withdrawal until April the 1st of 2020. Now, the downside of doing that is you have to take a second RMD during 2020. So what happens on your taxes? So, for example, it could push your Social Security in whichever year that you take two of these. So if it's 2020, for example, it could push your Social Security into being higher taxed or up to 85% taxed. More of it taxed. Yes. Yes. Thank you. It could also push your Medicare premiums into the surcharge, what they call the IRMA, the income-related you know, adjustment of your Medicare premiums. So if you're what they call the MAGI, your modified adjusted gross income, if it's getting near or it's going to approach or even exceed 85000 for individuals and $170,000 for the married filing jointly folk out there, then that could push your Medicare premiums, both for Medicare Part B and Medicare Part D, into where you pay a higher amount. Yeah, you need a you need a company that can help you. By the way, is that a Star Wars character, Magi? The Magi, yes. <laughs> or a biblical character. All right. Now, here's another reminder about the R&D rules that do not apply to what? Original owners of Roth IRAs. That's right. Now, there's always that the little caveat, right? <laughs> Put the little asterisk next to this. When we say original owners of Roth IRAs, Barry, what about inherited Roth accounts? That's right. This is tricky. So not all Roth accounts are, can escape RMD. Inherited Roth accounts, you have to pay your RMD based on a formula. Yeah, and, and paying it is not necessarily maybe the best way of phrasing it because if it's from a Roth account, then technically these distributions should be what? Tax-free. Yeah, tax All right? So you have to take it out so you can't keep it in the – the deferral or the tax-free nature of a Roth forever is what the government says. So if it's an inherited Roth account, you have an RMD each and every year, and you have a different table to use for the life expectancy rates of your distributions. And you say, what's the point? It's not going to be taxed. Well, Uncle Sam doesn't want to keep growing tax-free. That's yes. why they do that. Excellent point. All right. There's more. There's much more. Off on the route the office, 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. But stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC, the talk station. 
Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm James Borth. And I'm Barry Parnell. And folks, we're an investment advisory firm. We're independent. We're registered. And we have fiduciary responsibility to do what's in your best interest. So we're going to work for you as, as clients and not companies. When you give us a call, schedule an appointment at 513-575-9654. Complimentary, no matter how many times we have to meet until we actually come up and fully analyze a plan for you. Now, we have multiple locations, Melford, Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence, Kentucky, and maybe come to your home if you're not that mobile. We can help you with that. We can help you roll out that 401K, 403B, uh, TSP, some kind of company plan into a traditional IRA. Take control of it. Open the whole universe of investing to you. Uh, If you're no longer with the company or even if you are, we can help you do an in-service rollover. Visit our website at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Shoot us over an email at team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. I'm going to jump right into pinpointing how much you must withdraw to stay compliant with the government, the OMD. Uh, first, you, you'll find your, in this case, 2018 imbalance. This is for 2019 OMD. You would find your 2018 year imbalance, that's December 31st, what these accounts were valued at on all your traditional IRAs that you own, including if you have a SEP or a SIMPLE. You can combine them all. You can aggregate them. So find out the total amount you had on December 31st of last year to calculate 2019 RMD. You divide by a factor uh, that's in the table, uniform table of your life expectancy. In this case, here you turn 70 half is 27.4 or 3.65%. So, you would multiply that. Let's say you had an IRA. All your IRAs aggregate total is five hundred thousand. Divided by twenty-seven point four times by three point six five percent, which is what it comes out to be, it would be eighteen thousand two hundred forty-eight dollars. Now, as you get older, a couple things happen. Uh, maybe your investment accounts change. They will change probably, and on the end date, the December thirty-first. But that percent will go up because Uncle Sam wants their tax dollars. And it, go, it slightly goes up at first, like at 71, it's 3.8, roughly, 72, it's 3.9. It hits 4% at 73, it hits 5% at 79, and at 80, it's 5.35%. So it goes up, and at 90, it's 8.8, because Uncle Sam wants her tax dollars. Uh, now, there is a caveat. James, what's that caveat about a 10-year difference in ages? Oh, if you have a spouse who's more than 10 years, let's just say younger than you are, you have a slightly different table to use, which means you have a slightly larger RMD to take out. The table, by the way, to use is the table number two, the joint life and last survivor of IRS publication 590B. Now, Barry, just a reminder here, if you do have not only traditional IRAs, but you have sets and simples, what does it mean you can aggregate? Add them all together, and the total amount that you have to pay RMD on or the total of all the tax-deferred account. So in other words, the IRS looks at your IRAs, no matter how many accounts you have, as just one big bucket of an IRA. So if you have, let's just say, five IRA accounts, three of them are traditional IRAs, you also have a SEP and a SIMPLE, you can combine all five accounts together and take out your R&D from just one, two, three, or even all five of your accounts. Now, James, that's a little bit different with 43Bs, 401Ks. Tell us about that. Well, in that case... If you have the retirement workplace plans, the traditional accounts, and also the Roth versions of the accounts. So no matter if it's a Roth or traditional, if it's an employer-sponsored plan, that means the 401K, 403B, 457, et cetera, 
you have to take out from each and every one of these accounts with one exception. So if you have a 403B TSA, the RMDs can be aggregated, but only in that particular case. If you have a 401K, you cannot aggregate. If you have a 457, you cannot aggregate. So here's the other exception on the workplace plans. Barry, what if you're still working and still contributing? Yeah, if you're still working and still part of the plan contributing, guess what? You don't have to do RMD from that plan yes. until you stop working. I guess it could go all the way up to 80 or, or beyond, right, James? Yes, that's true. I don't what, know why whatever wouldn't. age that you're still working and contributing, up until the year that you quit doing one or both of those things, you do not have to take out the RMDs from your workplace plans. Now, here's another one that seems a little bit odd. You don't have to take the cash. Here's what this means. Most RMDs are taken in cash, but they don't have to be. So, for example, if you have, let's just say, whatever pet stock that you own and you expect it to rebound because the price has recently dropped or you just think that this is a great future investment and you want to hold on to it, you can then move that particular investment in kind from your IRA to a non-qualified account. Now, you still have to satisfy the R&D somehow, some way. So that means the value of what you moved in kind must be reported on your tax return as a distribution and then pay your taxes based upon that value of that distribution. Is that value based on the December 31st balance? It's based on when you take that distribution. So in other okay. words, if you have $100,000 in whatever stock and you move that to your non-qualified account, then that's a $100,000 distribution from your IRA to your non-qualified account. The great thing about the non-qualified accounts is the potential, at least the potential, of long-term capital gains if and when that particular stock rebounds. Now, Barry, tell us about this family attribution rule. What is that? Well, if, if an individual who owns more than 5% of a business is not allowed, is not allowed to delay beginning RMD for uh, a non-IRA uh, retirement plan beyond, uh, let's like 401K, 403B, things like that, beyond April 1st of the following year, he or she reaches 70 and a half, even if the individual is still employed. So you got to remember that if, if it's 5%. And if you're more than 5% of a business and your spouse and or children are employed by that same business, your ownership may be attributed to them as well. So it might get a little tricky on the, uh, business owners. Yes. Yeah, so there's always you know some tricks of the trade to be aware of. And if this situation you think, well, it may apply to me, then again, it may not. Once again, Come see us, Brown Financial Advisors. We can help you with all of these different things and more. Now, here's another one, which is to say, depending upon what you have and how you put it into your IRA, you may not owe tax on 100% of that distribution. This could be real tricky, James. So, reminder here, most of the time, 100% of your IRA has been in tax deferral from the very beginning of that IRA. That means it's money that you'd never have paid taxes on, and therefore, your cost basis in your IRA is a big, fat zero. That's not always the case. Many people, because of their income levels, for example, they do not qualify for taking a tax deduction on their IRA contributions. And so, therefore, they've made non-deductible contributions to their IRAs. We don't really recommend this, right, James? But nevertheless, it is a way to put money into your IRA and have it grow. But if you have done this properly, which is to say report this on your tax return properly, that means that this money has already been taxed. 
So you should have a form called the Form 8606 that you've tracked this every single year on your tax return <laughs> so that the IRS knows what you've already paid taxes on, what you have and not. And what about growth on that non-qualified part? Nevertheless, nevertheless, we're saying that this is a possibility. Many people do have this already, especially high-income individuals. They do have this. Convert it to a Roth if you're going to do that. Well, I say. Okay. So here's the point. If your basis is 5% of the total, then you do a pro rata conversion of whatever you pay taxes on. That means 5% of your withdrawal will be tax-free. There's more. There's much more. Our phone number is 513 575 Call us. We can help. All right, folks. On behalf of Greg Brown, James Boyd, and myself, Barry Parnell, the Kentuckian, thanks for listening. Have a great week. And remember this, sound money, where good things are believable, achievable, and true for you. Only one.